You're listening to the Health Coach Careers Podcast, brought to you by Wellpreneur. Learn what it's really like to be a health coach in these interviews with real, successful health coaches. These interviews originally aired on the Wellpreneur Podcast, and they're hosted by me, Wellpreneur founder, Amanda Cook. I hope they give you inspiration and insight into planning your own health coaching career. Are you thinking about becoming a health coach? I know it's a big decision. I know I had a lot of questions, fears, and excitement when I took the leap to become a health coach while I was still working full-time. That's why I've created a free health coach decision kit to help you decide if it's the right next step for you. Download the decision kit at wellpreneur.com slash decision kit. I'm your host, Amanda Cook, and this week we're continuing the Real Health Coaches series with an interview with Maggie Christopher, a holistic nutrition counselor in St. Paul, Minnesota. Now, I am loving this series because I got so tired of hearing people that had tried to become health coaches and instead just become business coaches. This is a bit crazy to me because not that there's anything wrong with business coaching, obviously, And it is true that a lot of people in health and wellness don't have the luxury of having had a corporate career or something where they've got loads of sales and marketing experience so that I know that people need help with this. But the thing is, if we really want to affect change in the world and we're really committed to wellness, we need to show people and have role models and examples of successful wellpreneurs that are making a good living simply practicing, you know, their wellness art. So we need to see health coaches and yoga teachers and nutritionists and personal trainers and all of these types of wellness practitioners that are really thriving, practicing and doing what they do. And that's the point of this Real Health Coaches series is to shed the light on real health coaches around the world who are really making a good living with a nice full practice doing what they love, health coaching. And this interview in particular, I think is really cool because Maggie moved to Minnesota when she started her practice and she didn't know anybody. So here's like another common objection that I hear coming up a lot about why people can't be successful because they don't know anybody or they live in an area where, you know, there just isn't an interest in health and wellness and they don't have a network and they're not well connected. Well, that was the situation Maggie was in. And now, six years later, she's got a completely full health coaching practice with a wait list. She is awesome. You're just going to love hearing about how she got started, how she overcame not knowing anybody. And she's going to share this really cool referral strategy that would work for any of you. No matter what you do within the wellness world, you can start a referral strategy like this within your local area and start getting referrals from other wellness practitioners. I'm so thankful that Maggie shared this because I think it's just a really great idea. Okay, now let's jump into this interview of Real Health Coaches with Maggie Christopher. Hi, Maggie. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Thanks for having me, Amanda. So Maggie, when I came across your website, I knew that I wanted to have you on the podcast because I really love sharing or having Wellpreneurs share their stories about how they got their businesses going. And it was funny because when I contacted you, I knew I wanted to have you because you were like, oh, I'm too busy to talk to you because I've just, I'm fully booked right now with clients. And I thought, excellent, even all the more reason to speak with you on the, (laughs) to get you on the podcast. (laughs) So Maggie, I'd love it if you'd start off and just give us a little glimpse into what your practice looks like now. Sure. So what I do, I call it holistic nutrition therapy. That's um, a term that I came up with, but it seems to make the most sense because 
I'm both a holistic nutrition counselor and a licensed um, marriage and family therapist. And sometimes people will say to me, not often, but sometimes they'll say, how do those two go together? And I say, how do they not go together? You know, I work with a lot of women, men too, but I, it's my experience that it's very difficult to separate emotions from food because how we're feeling that day often determines how we're going to, you know, nourish ourselves with food. So mm-hmm. they really do go together beautifully and people find it incredibly helpful because I help people work on the emotional root causes of why they're eating the way they're eating while at the same time stepping them into a whole foods way of eating. I believe real food comes from farms and gardens. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. And a little bit more, I guess I would share that this is my sixth year in practice in St. Paul, Minnesota. I did start it two years before that in Ohio. But then I had to move, so I had to start pretty much all over because I knew nobody here, which was pretty stressful. I see clients four days a week. I see 18 to 19 clients a week, and I'm very balanced in that. And I don't add more because I really really want to be good for the people that I see. And overworking certainly doesn't help. And as you shared, yeah, I feel incredibly grateful. My hard work is paying off. I've had a waiting list the past year. And people are often booked a month or two out. So mm. life is good. So how did you, I imagine it wasn't, you know, it probably wasn't that situation as soon as you first started your business six years ago. And especially because I love that, I didn't know this about you, that you actually had to relocate your business and move to Minnesota where you didn't know anybody. And I think that that's something that a lot of people might use that as an excuse and be like, oh, well, I don't know anybody where I live, so... It's hard for me to find clients. So can you kind of share how you got started with your business and how you found your first clients? Sure. So when I was in Ohio, I finished school. I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in New York City for the nutrition part. And I had the same feeling that other people had, like, oh, my God, how can I possibly do this work? I don't know enough. And I should learn more before I ever see that first client. But the Institute for Integrative Nutrition is pretty brilliant. They make sure that you start seeing clients when you're still in school because they know like that's the best chance you're going to start making it happen. So I just wanted to share that like, yeah, I totally didn't feel ready and I felt completely uncomfortable to go see my first client. I still remember what I wore and walking out the door thinking... (laughs) oh my gosh, this person's going to believe me. Like I know about it. it was incredibly painful. But what you learn with starting your own business is you have to just move forward. And what I would comfort myself with was I knew more than the person sitting in front of me. That was enough. I didn't mm-hmm. have to know it all, but I knew enough. So I found my first client because he was a friend of mine. <laughs> and I think that's really common. He knew I just was passionate about health. He would ask me questions, you know, even before I finished school and even before that. So here he trusted me as a person and he knew that I had a lot of health knowledge. So I think it makes a lot of sense that people start with people that, you know, already know them. Mm-hmm. I would say the people after that would be some acquaintances, you know, they weren't friends, but they kind of knew of me. And then I would say the third step was, and I think this is important, people want to start their practice and charge full rates. And well, it wasn't like that for me. And that's not to say it wouldn't be like that for somebody else. Everybody's experience is different. But I traded, I, I bartered services. At the time, I was just a holistic nutrition counselor. I was not also a licensed therapist yet. And I would, I would trade with an acupuncturist, a fitness studio owner, a chiropractor, because I knew 
But I had to get those people in front of my work because it would have been too hard for them to refer if they really didn't know what the work was about. And so I bartered services. I, you know, saw clients for reduced rates to make it work. So mm-hmm. so do you see clients in person? I do. And I'm really partial to that, Amanda. I just, I really like to be in front of the person. I mean, every now and then I'll do phone or Skype, but I just really want to be in front of the person. You know, some people want to go big and be in, you know, several different countries. And I just want to kind of own the St. Paul market. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't even say that because I don't need to own the market. I just need to own a share. And I'd love to share the rest with everybody else. So yeah, that's really interesting because I think, well, especially what I tend to talk about, because it's kind of my passion is digital marketing and going mm-hmm. online. And obviously when you're online, the first thing people think of is, oh, I can work with people all over the world. But actually, maybe you don't need to do that. Like there's something I was just chatting with a client about that, about just like owning her local market. And you can still do online marketing for your local market. You can email people. You could see them by Skype. Or like you said, you can just be working with them in in person. And there's so many ways that you can still have a full practice and a successful business. Oh, for sure. And something, Amanda, that I had to remind myself of regularly when I first started. In fact, I would ask my husband, I was like, honey, how many people live? like in the greater Twin Cities areas, Minneapolis, St. Paul. And I just, it was comforting to me to hear that number because I would think to myself, I need the tiniest, tiniest little percentage to make the living I want to make and have a full practice. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's enough people with the hundreds of thousands of people in this area. I just need a small amount. I can make that happen. So Mm -hmm. I never got into the oh, there's not enough people. I won't get enough clients. I just figured enough people had to know about me and I had to do good work and develop a relationship. When you said, oh, you know, that there's enough people, how did you define what is enough for you? I get asked this question a lot, like, how do I even know what if when I'm full, like I could just keep taking more and more clients. So how did you come along to that yourself? I think that is incredibly important. And it's interesting that people ask you that because to me, it makes like it just makes sense. So I, you know, I'll talk more about this, I'm sure as we go along, but I'm a huge proponent of walking the talk, which means like living what you teach and having balance in your life. That is so important to me. In fact, I'm so passionate about this work and I love it so much that I have somebody rent my office the times I'm not using it. So I don't overwork. (laughs) So I know that there's research for, and you know, this can apply to other fields, not just therapy, because holistic practitioners of different sorts are often one-on-one with people. And that's taxing. That is not a a 40-hour-a-week sustainable, you know, way to do it. Like, you don't want to see 40 clients a week. So there's research that shows in therapy that 18 or less is like a sweet spot. And past that, you can get a little tired and kind of resentful, like this is too much output. Because these kind of fields are really passionate and emotional, and right? I mean, you're Mm -hmm. working with people, emotions are coming up. But, you know, I don't use that. I mean, I wouldn't suggest people use 18 as a hard and fast rule, but I would say really give that some thought because more is not better. And I am not driven by money. I make a nice living, but that's not my drive. My drive is like balance and joy and loving what I do and transforming people's lives. Like that's why I do this work. Mm -hmm. So I think people really need to tune into what feels balanced and good for them. I think, you know, here in the United States, we are just so driven to work so many hours. But I even say to my clients, 
who made up this 40 hours a week thing. Mm-hmm. You know, not somebody that said, I want to make sure humans are really balanced. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, yes, I see, you know, 18, 19 hours of clients, but there's plenty of work I do besides that. So it's not like I'm only working 19 hours a week by any means, you know, but I would say I work 35, 37 hours a week. So you mean you see like, so it's like 18 clients a week. So if you were to see like clients twice a month, then you could have double that number of clients. Or do you just mean 18 clients? Oh, okay. So if people work with me in a four month program, which is what I do initially, they would see me every other week. Mm. After the four months, they can make the decision like, hey, I got what I needed. I'm all set. Or let me stay on with you. Most people stay on with me because they need a little more support to continue to make their new lifestyle habits sustainable. So then they make the decision on their budget or their motivation level. Do I still see her every other week? Do I see her every three weeks, once a month? So, you know, I have clients in a four-month program, and then I have lots of clients that are ongoing. Mm. And I have online booking, so they figure it out. I give them 24-7 access to my schedule, and it just fills up to 18 or 19 a week. That's the max I'll take. Oh, cool. Does that make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And don't you love online scheduling? It's like changed my life. (laughs) <laughs> My gosh. I mean, I just know Gen Books. I'm so in love with it. It is like hiring a receptionist. It's my database. It's my sends reminders, gives reviews, and it's $19 a month. I mean, Gen Books is my best friend. Totally worth it. Oh, see, I don't <laughs> know about Gen Books, so I'll have to look oh, up that Gen one. Gen Books is amazing. And I, I want to say, I think for new practitioners, people say, well, I don't need online booking. I'm not that busy. It is not about being busy. It's about making easy access 24 seven that people can book. I mean, I get people to book one in the morning on a Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. Like you need to give people the option to book right when they want to. No phone call back. No, Hey, I left a message. Like (sighs) when they want it, they want it Mm -hmm. now. And that's when they're going to be the most motivated. And there's just, it sends automatic confirmations mm-hmm. and reminders, text and email 24 hours before. So don't wait till you're busy. Do it now for your clients. I mm-hmm. sound like I work for Gen Books. I don't. No. <laughs> so I, I use one called Schedule Once because yeah. I have that does lots of really good time zone support and it integrates with oh, my Google my Calendar. Goodness. And I've got clients all over the place. So I use that one. And it Wonderful. is just, I mean, yes, everyone out there listening, if you don't yet have a scheduling tool, try one because it will just change your life. It's so much better. So much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So you got your first clients from people that you knew. Mm -hmm. And then at what point, you know, now that you're six years in and and looking back, at what point did it really start to get traction and you were thinking, oh yeah, this is going to work. Like I'm, this is going to be successful. Yeah. I want to be really honest. Now, my experience is not going to be everybody's experience. It's unique. I kind of look at it, I would say in a spiritual sense that life, God, nature, whatever you want to say, it's going to teach you in the way you need to be taught. And I obviously needed some hard lessons on confidence. Other people that graduated from the school that I went to just got busy right away because they were already maybe connected into like, say, the personal training area. Not me. I wasn't connected to anybody, especially when I moved to Minnesota. So I say to people, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And I really mean that. It was really challenging and it took time and it took it took a real willingness for me to stick in there and make it happen. And I think something that's important to share is here was my mindset. I said, if other people can be a health coach and make it work, then so can I. Mm-hmm. If I haven't made it work yet, it's just because I haven't tried the right thing. It hasn't been enough time, you know, or I need to change something in me or the way that I market. 
And I think a lot of, I don't know, I, I don't want to say a lot of people, but I know people will give up because it's not working. And instead I said, nope. What do I need to do now? Because this is going to work because I can't imagine me doing anything else in life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the mentality that you need because I think, you know, there's no like, oh, just follow these three steps and it's instantly going to work. (laughs) You just have to keep, you have to know where you're going and then just try it. Just keep trying and and not just be like, oh, I tried to give a talk, but nobody came. So I'll give another one then. And like, right. Yeah. can't give up. So I want to make sure I answer your question. So your question was then how did I get it to continue and get busier? Mm -hmm. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So some of the things I did for marketing is I knew I was starting to meet, I would just go to tea with people that I would get introduced to. So my husband introduced me to my first person in the Twin Cities and she happened to be a therapist, which I wasn't one at the time. So that was interesting. But she liked health and she kind of said, oh, you should meet so-and-so. And then I had tea with them and they were like, oh, you should meet this chiropractor. So I would just one-on-one meet with people, start to develop a relationship. But then what I realized pretty early on was, wow, I'm meeting all these great people. And I kind of, I knew the marketing rule of people forget you every 28 days. Like you need to be in front of them again. And so I thought, well, I can't go to tea with all these people once a month. So then I developed what I call or created what I call the local wellness referral group. Mm. And what that is, is one So obviously they need to be local and we defined what that meant, like 15 minutes within this certain area. And we found a coffee shop that had a private room and um, that was like, I don't know, $15 a meeting. So really low cost. And then only one person per category. And there was one chiropractor, one yoga teacher. We have, um, we actually have two, they kind of share the spot, integrated medicine doctors, We have a rolfer, like all these different holistic practitioners that, you know, are working on growing their business. And we meet once a month and I lead it. I keep an agenda. I'm highly organized. The meetings from 7.30 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. It is a touch hard to get out and be social at that time in the morning. and but Especially in the winter, in the winter in Minnesota. Yeah, (laughs) yes. But nobody else has anything else often going on in their calendar at 7.30 a.m. So it consistently works. So we do it the first Thursday of the month. We have a speaker that's actually just a member. So you get to learn more about somebody each meeting. And then we do our two-minute commercial and talk about what we're doing and talk about like, hey, I need some help. Who, you know, which person could help maybe these symptoms? So it's been going on for five years and we have 22 members. I don't want to grow past that because then we'll get less than like two minutes to share. It's a phenomenal concept. I would love to see other people create it. It just really, really works. So I'm in front of 22 people that see other people who may need my services Mm. and they know me, they trust me, they understand my business. Some of them have worked with me. So that is a phenomenal concept. I'm so glad you shared that because that's something that is so practical for everybody out there listening. If you're interested in getting engaged in your local market, you can just create that because like you're saying, it doesn't have to be huge. It's not like you have to pull together this huge networking event. You could probably just start with like a couple other practitioners Mm -hmm. Mm. and then have them invite friends or people, other practitioners that they know to get started. Yeah. You know, I just kind of said, make sure who you invite, you really feel good about their services. You don't want them to be brand new, but you probably won't get somebody really seasoned because that's already really busy because they probably might not want to spend the time to grow, to, you know, work on growing their practice. Mm -hmm. 
So you find these practitioners that are, yeah, just so excited about it. And it takes time to develop. We didn't get 22 members at the first year, but it was still really effective even when it was smaller. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The other thing that I did that this is something that I would have done. There are two things I would have done differently if I did this over. Mm-hmm. And one is I would have invested the $3,000 that I did now to create the website that I have. And I waited, let me think, I waited like two years longer than I should have to create a really good quality website. The one I had before was okay. It was not good enough. And your website is absolutely key. It should be targeted. It should be written with, you know, your favorite couple clients in mind, like who they are and what they need. It should be, yeah. Specific. You can't talk to everybody or, or you'll never catch the people. You have to be specific. So my sweet spot is emotional eating, which most everybody has. But when I really speak to that, people are so drawn to come in to see me. They're like, ah, oh, I don't know anybody else that helps you transition into whole foods while at the same time supports you emotionally. Mm. And so, so be specific. And I think this is something else to say. I do not come from money. I actually... You know, I didn't have this money to invest in the business. And what I did, and I'm I'd be glad that I'm sharing this because I think people need to be more real and open about money when you're starting a business. I had no loan or anything like that. I did have a small amount of retirement because I worked a corporate job for 16 years before doing this, and had a small amount of retirement. Amanda, I went through the whole thing as Mm. I was trying to build my business. And you know what? I would do it all over again. You know, was it a financial risk? Oh, I guess so. But that's what I had to do to make this work. So I'm a bit scrappy in that sense. I do not come from money. There was no easy. So I felt like I didn't have the $3,000. Like, I mean, I guess I could have come up with it, but it felt too scary to build Mm -hmm. a good website. And now looking back, like that so needed to be in place first. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important when you build a website, oh, don't find one for $500. It's not about oh, it looks pretty. It's about do you really have somebody that understands the technical side behind the scenes so that you really get found. That's Mm -hmm. what's important. Mm -hmm. And then number two, I would have gotten office space sooner. I did it within a year of being here, but I would have done it even sooner. But again, I was afraid to take on the financial responsibility. And what I would say for new practitioners out there, there's so many therapists and just other kind of holistic practitioners that have office space that might rent it to you a day or two a week. And that is not that expensive. Mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, wellness practitioners can be seen as, oh, not as good or, you know, not like a doctor and they're kind of less than, right? You need to appear just as professional as any other any doctor's office you'd go to. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to seem less than that. So I have a beautifully decorated office and it, my gosh, I only pay four twenty five a month, and the the other woman pays two twenty five. It's not expensive, mm-hmm. so I think that's key. You really need to have a professional space. Thank you so much for sharing sure. all of that. I really appreciate your honesty because, sure. like, so many people don't actually talk about the money or the or they just you know talk yeah. about how fabulous it is now, but don't actually yeah. admit how it is in the beginning. And <laughs> it was rough, and I thought I was yeah. at a point where my retirement was starting, the money was starting to end, and I still didn't have enough clients, and it was stressful, and I feel incredibly blessed. I was married. If I wouldn't have been married, I'm not quite sure how I would have 
one this, mm-hmm. you know, and my husband's not rich. <laughs> He's also a holistic practitioner of, of a different sort, but yeah. So when you had a moment or you've probably had moments like that where you start running low on clients in your business. And so what do you do to get yourself out of that? Well, I would say number one is get emotional support mm-hmm. because, you know, you're so stressed out at those times. If you don't reach out to somebody, you could quit. And there were a couple of times if I wasn't well connected in the school that I went to, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition really encouraged us to really stay connected with others because it's not easy work building a business. So if you can't reach out when you're really stressed and like, oh, I just want to quit. This is too hard. You may quit. There's a risk of that. So I would stay connected emotionally with somebody in a similar field that would help get me through it. And then I think I just have, I, I grew up really poor. I think I just have such tenacity and such a love for this work that I'm like, I just knew I wouldn't ever do anything else in life. So I had to figure this out, mm-hmm. which is kind of a good place to be in because people that have money might just say, ah, screw it. This is too hard. I quit. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's good not to have a lot of money because it makes you work harder and it makes you just say, this has to work. So I would change up my marketing. I would... I think it was just about tweaking my marketing. It was about meeting more and more people was key because I knew the more people that knew about me, this would work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, and it's not just the money thing. I think there's just different circumstances in life where you're just, when you have hit a point where you're like, this has to work, there's no going back. Like I can only move forward and it's going to work, whether that's because of money or because you just need to get out of a situation or you just can't go back to a job that you hated or whatever it is then you figure out a way to do it. And I think there's something about being fully committed and like, in a way, at some point, burning the bridge behind you that you're just like, this is working. (laughs) And then then you you figure it out. Yeah, if you have one foot in, it's not going to work. Yeah, You have to have both feet in. You have to be willing to tolerate discomfort for growth. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, I have other episodes and because I used to have a corporate job and I recommend hanging with the corporate job as long as possible. Oh, and by the way, yes, I should share that. Like, I didn't quit my good job and start doing this. I would take clients in the evening Mm -hmm. until I got so exhausted with doing both that I literally, I think I was 35 at the time. And I said to my mom, who was living in Minnesota, and I was still in Ohio, I said, Mom, I know this sounds crazy, but can I come live with you? Because I have a car payment and I owned a condo. So I was like, I just can't quit this job, but I need to like get rid of my expenses so that I have some space that I can actually grow the business. And she said, sure, honey, you can come live with me. (laughs) You know, so Mm -hmm. I did something outside the box. Like who wants to go live with their mother at 35? And ironically, she introduced me to my husband. So that never happened. But (laughs) I was totally willing to live with my mother at 35 years old because I was like, I'm too tired doing both. And I have to do something radical take this forward. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's always a way like you can figure out a way if you want to make it happen, you'll figure Mm -hmm. it out. So I'm curious So you talked about like this great referral group that you have. I'm curious beyond that. What does your marketing look like now? Do you do marketing online or in person? Like what's working for you? Well, so my website, I feel like I, you know, hired a web developer that really good, knows his stuff, been doing it for years. And he he created a site that really helps me to get found. I'd like to say I do a blog every month. I know how critically important that is. And I kind of come close to that, but not always. If I was slower, I'd be on that because having, you know, new content out once a month is like 
touch a minimum. More than that, really helpful. So people finding you online is key. The local wellness referral group. I do talk. So what's interesting, this might be interesting for people to hear. I'm an introvert. I love people, but I don't need to be with lots of people all the time. Mm -hmm. So I allowed myself the grace of not doing social media because I don't like it. Mm -hmm. And I was kind to myself and I said, well, if I really don't like it, but I'm marketing other ways and it's working, that's okay. And I get how important social media is, but I've been blessed that I haven't had to spend a lot of, hardly any time doing that. You know, I'm really glad you said that. Actually, you've said a couple things that are interesting. First of all, your website is still super important. So this is like online marketing, even though you're targeting the local market, right? Mm -hmm. So you're like a local business in a way, but online is still important. Yep. And I track all the way I ask on my health history intake form. How did you hear of me? And I have a spreadsheet of I log when I log their first payment, there's always a space for how they hear of me. So I know exactly where people are coming from. Mm-hmm. And so many people are just Googling, you know, random different words and they find my site. So and them finding me wouldn't be enough. They have to find my site and see that it could solve their problem. Mm-hmm. That's why people pay money is I'm in pain and you can help me solve it. So it's not only the website, it's how it's written on the website that they go, this is the woman I need to work with. Mm -hmm. And this is really important. I offer an incredibly, and this is a huge marketing tool. I forgot about this. I offer an incredibly generous one hour free consultation. And the reason that I do that is often if people get the chance, and I say this very humbly, if people get the chance to meet with me, there's usually, not always, usually there's a good connection. And they're like, I like this woman. I want to work with her. And second, what I talk about in that hour, which, you know, we're going through their health and their life, but they really get a sense of the knowledge and some of the wisdom that I have. And they think I need more of that. Mm -hmm. I do not. What I say to people is at that consultation, you do not need to decide anything today. You can take as much time as you need and think about it. Mm -hmm. So I am not a hard closer. I give people all the space they need to make the decision. but. I think I'm really good at being building connection, being honest and really, and I do have a good sense of what creates health. And when I start to share that during the hour, they're like, I need more of this. So that's one way that I market is that free consultation. And I don't see that changing anytime soon, even though I'm so busy because my four month program, you know, is a chunk of money. And I think it's unfair to ask them to invest that money until they've got a chance to see if I'm the right fit. Mm hmm. So that's a huge marketing tool. The other way that I market is I'll do talks. I do less of them now, maybe one or two a year, but I used to do more. And that would be at like um, local co-ops, like health food stores and sometimes chiropractors or fitness studios. People that I know would ask me to come in and talk. And that was a nice, that was a really nice way to get clients over the years. Mm-hmm. Great. So I think those are kind of the top ways. Yeah. No, thank you. And I'm so glad that you said too, I just want everybody to kind of, if you've noticed like several of the things you said, like, I just don't use social media because I don't like it. Awesome. And you've still got a full practice. Like that is so, (laughs) that's great. So like for everybody out there, I mean, you don't have to do this stuff that everyone says, oh, you have to do X, Y, Z. Like there's lots of ways to get clients. And I think it's, you've got to find a combination of like, what do you like to do? And also where are these people that you want to work with? Yeah. So I'm wondering, 
I'm sure you've seen through IIN, like lots of other people get started with their businesses, or maybe you've been contacted by other health coaches. In your opinion, what are some of the mistakes that other health coaches are making? Or what kind of, what advice would you offer to people just getting started? Yeah, sure. So I would say number one, and I don't, I don't think this is talked about enough, is people not walking their talk. If you're not authentically living what you teach, it's going to show in your energy. And people might not be able to, clients might, prospective clients might not be able to put their finger on it, you know, and might not be able to name it, but they feel it. There is something wildly attractive about somebody that is walking the talk. And what I mean specifically is I don't just teach eat food from whole foods from farms and gardens. Like I live it. There's lots of different ways to be prepared for food during the week. So this isn't the only way, but you know, I batch cook for three to four hours on the weekend, but I teach that. So I have to live that. And I teach emotional growth and tolerating discomfort for growth. And like I teach it and I'm always doing my own therapy. I'm always doing my own self growth. So walking the talk is huge. This isn't about teaching something from a book. This is about living it. And, you know, a good example is if, if you're an acupuncturist, but you're not getting acupuncture, like, I don't know. This, maybe this is just my thought, but I'm like, what are you doing? Like, if you believe in this, you should be getting acupuncture every week and like learning from the experience and growing yourself. So mm-hmm. um, if you're a massage therapist, but you're not getting any body work, that just doesn't make sense. And even when you're new, you can trade. That's what I did. I traded for services. So mm-hmm. yeah, walking the talk is huge. And you have to take a hard look to see if you really are walking the talk because we often what we think we're doing and what we're actually doing are different because we don't want to admit to ourselves that we're eating sugar like five times a week, but we're teaching like it's not helpful. Like you got to take a humble look at yourself and are you really walking the talk? And walking the talk is not having it all figured out. I am by no means a perfect eater, but I'm always growing and evolving and doing the work. Mm-hmm. So. And I think I touched on this one. I see people not investing in their website right from the beginning because I think they're afraid it won't work, meaning like they don't believe in themselves that this is eventually really going to work. So why invest the money? Or they feel like I don't have that money or the website's absolutely key. And third, I think I mentioned this is I would say office space is key. You need to have really professional office space. And to take it a step further, you need to look at the client experience. Like what are all the different ways that clients, that you're making an impression on clients, your business card, your website, your office space, like it all needs to represent quality, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and who you are. So because you're always making an impression with people and if something's off, like they're going to feel that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think if, you, oh, sorry, if you, if you, no, if people are looking at office space also, I know like I've been playing around with co-working spaces just because yeah. I work out of a home office, but sometimes it's just nice to be around other people. So I've been going to these different co-working spaces in London that, that you can get a desk for the day and they've got yeah. conference rooms and different private spaces that you can just rent for an hour. And so even if somebody didn't want to take a plunge and and get a permanent office space, I mean, there's lots of options where you can still have a very professional space to meet with clients. Great point. Yeah. You just need to make it work somehow. And that's a great option. I see people, new people gifting up. So I kind of talked about that. They're like, this is too hard. I can't do it. But it does take, it's in my experience, it takes years to develop a healthy, thriving practice. It just 
it does. Maybe some people will have a different experience than that, but that certainly wasn't my experience. And then I would also say, I see people making the mistake of not asking for help. I feel pretty blessed because I have 16 years in a corporate job where I worked around um, business and marketing and I learned a lot. But if I didn't have that experience, I would need to work with somebody to learn that because you're not going to you're not going to have a successful business if you don't understand business and marketing. It's just not going to happen. You can be the best acupuncturist or the best, you know, yoga teacher, but you have to know business and marketing. So you need to invest and hire that if you don't know how to do it. So asking for help is key. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes people, after going to IIN, they'll call me and say, oh, just I got through the program, but just tell me, I totally feel like I don't know enough. So tell me what I should read and how I should keep studying. And I will always say, no, 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 no. You need to go out and do the work. Mm-hmm. You That's how you need to learn. And yes, it's incredibly uncomfortable because you're afraid they're going to ask you questions that you're not sure about. If people would ask me questions I wasn't sure about, yeah, that was uncomfortable. And I think, you know, that's a great point. I want to make sure I get that right for you. Can I email that to you? And people are like, okay, they don't care. So you just need to know more than the person sitting in front of you. And I find the universe, it handles that for you. Like people that were hot, more evolved in their food than I was and in their health than I was at the time, they didn't come to me. It just didn't work that way. It was people that I happen to know more than and I could help at that time. So it's like trusting life. And you just have to know more than the person in front mm-hmm. of you. Don't get wrapped up and I have to go put my head in the book longer. No, mm-hmm. the growth yeah. comes by putting yourself out there. Yeah, it's about doing, getting out there and doing, yeah. getting the experience, not just learning. Yeah. Although we all love to learn and it is, you yeah, know. <laughs> go ahead and learn while you're being uncomfortable seeing clients. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So Maggie, we're actually starting to run out of time in our time together today, but I really wanted to just ask you a couple more things because I know everyone out there listening loves to get resources and referrals. So I was wondering if you could share a couple of your favorite tools to run your practice. I'm sure one is Gen Books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Number one on my list or any other, you know, online booking that works well. I would say favorite tools. This is my unique tool, but every Friday I plan, I use Outlook and I create a hard copy of an Outlook calendar. So I know exactly day to day what I'm doing and what needs to be done. There is such a piece in that for me. No, like, oh, what do I need to do today? What to do? Like, no, no, no. I plan a week at a time and that is incredibly valuable. And then I would say at the beginning of the year, I create a plan. Nothing fancy. I think it's Word or Excel. I just create a plan of like, what are the most important things that I need to move forward in my business? Because there's always more work than you can do. But what are the most critical pieces to give the client value? And, you know, some steps on how to move those forward. And I have um, uh, just a Word document that says urgent, important, and helpful. So I Mm kind of list what I need to focus on. So when I'm making that calendar, you know, I'm putting my client appointments on there and other things I need to do, but I'm also taking pieces of like, what's the next step in growing, building, making my practice Mm -hmm. better. And what about a favorite book? Well, I love the slowdown diet. It's not a diet, but he calls it that because, you know, a lot of people are addicted to the word diet and they think that's what they need. They really don't. (laughs) But phenomenal book on the psychology of eating and when deeply applied, like transformative. And he just came out, Mark David, M-A-R-C, David just came out with a new edition. And on Amazon, you can only buy a couple copies right now, but I'm sure soon it'll be plentiful, but great book. 
And then I'm always growing personally, spiritually. It's important to me. And this book's seven years old, but I just came across it and I'm in love with it. And I'm really reading it slowly and digesting it. But it's called The Untethered Soul. Ooh, I don't know that one. Yeah, Michael Singer. Yeah, it's good stuff. And it's not for everybody. So flip through, read a couple pages. If it grabs you, read it. If not, put it back down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I love it. Well, you're actually the second person that's just told me about the slowness diet. So if I hear it once more, that's going to be a clear sign that I need to go buy that book. Yeah, the <laughs> slow down diet. Yeah. Oh, the slow down diet. Yep. Oh, right. That's I got it wrong. Thing. I'm writing it down. Okay. Everybody, I'll put all those links of these books and the tools that we talked about in the show notes. So you can all just click through and get to those easily. So thank you so much, Maggie, for spending time with me today. I think everyone, especially those people just starting out as health coaches, are going to find this really inspiring. So where can people find you or get in contact if they'd like to ask some questions or learn more about what you do or work with you? Sure. They can just simply go to MaggieChristopher.com. That's great. Thanks so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Health Coach Careers Podcast. If you're thinking about becoming a health coach, don't forget to download my free Health Coach Decision Kit to help you decide if health coaching is the right next step for you. Download the decision kit at wellpreneur.com slash decision kit.